Hey, Dirtcast listeners. Say you're listening to this and you're like, this feels like dessert. I like it. It's sweet. Mm-hmm. Maybe not a lot of nutritional value. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I crave it. But you know what? I want something a little nutritious beforehand. Yeah, something that's also delicious. That's actually good for my my body. Your body and your mind. Yeah. I just want to recommend our sister podcast, Big Time Dicks. It's hosted by Jezebel's Joanna Rothkopf and Prachi Gupta. Um, it's a politics podcast that also, like, I will say genuinely has been a very nice way to uh, hear the news of the week. Right. Because the news is bad. Yes. And so you want to hear good people talking about it. Yeah, it's really informative, but also funny and mm-hmm. kind of light, even though they deal with pretty dark topics. So go on wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe now. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Dirt Cast. I am your co-host, Jezebel writer Bobby Finger. And I am your other co-host, Jezebel writer Madeline Davies. And we are here to talk about the dirtiest dirt of the week. And a lot of other things. And a lot of other things. We have Michael Luetis, the co-founder of Gossip Cop, coming in later. There's also a weird social contract that we have with the publicists, which is lie to us and you're dead to us. And we have the same thing with celebrities. Big get, in my opinion. Yes. If there's ever a celebrity denying a story, they're denying it to Gossip Cop. Or confirming it, though, that happens less frequently. Yes, much less. So um, we're excited to talk to him. He really is. He's 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 looking out for the for the gossip community. He he's really patrolling. is the cop of gossip. He's the cop of gossip. He went the sheriff of gossip ham. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm excited to have him in the studio to see if he like. I'm gonna say something. If I say something a little, you know, off color, will he cuff me? Like, will he put me in cuffs? Will he be like, actually, they denied that? That's gonna be a fun interview. Yes, definitely. And then we've also just got the two of us, Gavin, per two usual. Of us Gavin, yeah. Maddie, what did you do over the weekend? Oh, I indulged a lot. How so? I ate too much food. What kind of food? Well, I had burgers one night and then <gasps> barbecue the next <gasps> afternoon. So yesterday Neat. I was feeling you were a carnivore. Pretty disgusting. Yes. Um, what I kind was, of barbecue? It was. Texas style. Texas style. Texas. Yeah. Texas. I mean, I appreciated it. I was eating with a couple of Kansans who just like were bitching the whole time. They want it it to be a little sloppier. Yeah, they wanted that. They want some sauce all over it. Yeah, they wanted KC BBQ. Yeah. Um, Did you have brisket? Yeah, it was really good. Mm. I thought it was great. On the opposite side of eating animals, I was bunny sitting this weekend oh, so i was taking so care of an animal you were kind of it was kind of like penance yeah right <laughs> it was like i'll go give this rabbit a handful of pellets so that i can eat its barn friends <laughs> without guilt <laughs> oh that rabbit didn't know any of those people no, any of those animals not. uh they weren't buds it wasn't they weren't living on on babe's farm yeah i'm <laughs> not sure that rabbit even has a fully developed brain so <laughs> i'm not too worried about it last time i was home uh, well, it wasn't the last time I was home, but a few times ago, I went to this barbecue place for my birthday last year, and I just happened to be in Austin, and we went to my favorite barbecue place in Austin, which is Salt Lick. But if people who are listening to this podcast are from Austin or know about Austin, they would understand that since it's been a long time since I lived in Austin, barbecue's gotten much more intense and much better because of this place like yeah. Franklin Barbecue. Have you heard of this place? Franklin no. Barbecue. There's always a line around it. Everyone's obsessed with it. And we got into a big fight about barbecue 
because my brother's obsessed with Franklin, and so is my dad. And my sister was like, it's nothing special. It's just who they all live in Austin. Sure. And my sister was like, well, I don't understand why he's always on the cover of magazines and he's being written about all the time when all he does is just cook things slower, which kind of is his whole thing. Where right. It just, he just makes it. They always say like low and slow. But sure. this guy, Franklin something, it's lower like and lower and slower. Yeah. And it takes longer and he cooks a ton of it. And she's like, they act like he's some sort of, it was a very passionate argument about the ins and outs of barbecue in Texas. I just I, like it regardless. I do too. I also think that barbecue sauce is the world's most perfect flavor mm. and that it's sweet, tangy, salty. It's it's a umami. A little spicy too. Yeah. It's like, just a, um, it just, just kind of hits all the pleasure points on the uh, palate. Not that you want to eat it like as a soup, but as... <laughs> A but condiment, maybe. it's very nice. What's your favorite brand or plate um, or place I, to get it? I really, oh, a brand I was going to say Sweet Baby Ray's. Sweet Baby Ray's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What about like a, a, a chain that has good barbecue sauce? I, I, I Yeah, I'll I'll take mm. it anyway. I'll take like the Popeye's kind. I'll take the whatever. Popeyes. I, yeah. last time I was home in Wisconsin, okay. there was a big city debate. And this is one of the most Madison, Wisconsin stories <laughs> I will ever tell you. There was a big debate because there was a barbecue restaurant on a commercial street mm-hmm. zoned for a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Everything was legal. They had Uh-oh. a smoker, you know, to smoke their meats. Mm-hmm. And the neighbors started complaining about how it made their home smell like barbecue, <laughs> which I just want to say, like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's a dream. And one woman was a vegan, so she said that she felt personally traumatized. Oh, my God. Uh, and oh so there had God. to be just this endless series of community meetings what about the barbecue place. I think that the barbecue place is still open okay. and still smoking. I think that's also a point of contention at Franklin Barbecue in Austin. I think the neighbors complain because it's just constantly. I get being annoyed if there was a line just in front of your house yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. But also don't live by a commercial street if you don't want to be around stores and restaurants. Stores and restaurants. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Again, it's just Madison is very much a white liberal city full of very white liberal drama. And so it's <laughs> like, oh, my, my um, apartment smells like barbecue. I Last time when you were in Madison and you brought back, I thought it was funny that you brought back those cheese curds. Oh, yeah. For the office, and which I thought was very kind. But you didn't even like them. And I was like... <gasps> yeah, from Madison, and you don't like cheese curds? Do you like any cheese from Madison? I mean, I think Wisconsin cheddar is incredible. Mm. I, th- I think fried cheese curds are fine, but that's more just because they're fried. Mm-hmm. Cheese curds are like the delicacy of Wisconsin. Yeah, they're so I love them. Um, but I guess I didn't grow up around them. They've always sort but of been. Most people love them. Yeah. I am in the minority. I feel shamed. I once was brought on a date to a Wisconsin themed bar, and he had really nicely ordered me cheese curds. Oh. And so I sort of politely ate a couple, and he was like, "Go ahead, eat more." Go, come. And I come, had to just—I had to tell him I was like, "I don't like them. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I think it's really nice that you did that. <laughs> like, I'll definitely make out with you later." But <laughs> so very dirty dirt. This week is actually not dirty at all. <laughs> Elon Musk. Tesla man. Tesla man. Uh, very 
eccentric billionaire man who yeah, is convinced. Yeah, he has that space program. What's it called? Project. SpaceX. SpaceX. And he is convinced that, you know, he's going to be able to, at some point in his life, transfer his consciousness to, like, a computer brain and then live forever. He also is convinced that uh, there's a 99 or something percent chance that we're all living in a simulation already. Yeah, yeah. we're so, already in a simulation. Which I say, could I get a better one, please? <laughs> I try not to think about that because when I think about that, I I go insane. Yeah. It's 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 not even – I I go into crisis mode. And right. it actually shouldn't even be that horrifying. Like if anything – receiving confirmation that we live in a simulation should almost make you feel better. Maybe it's like, oh, it's even more meaningless than I thought. Just kill me. Like, yeah, I, don't, I don't know. It's just somebody playing Sims. <laughs> yeah, it's somebody playing Sims. I'm, I peed myself and I'm waving at the sky yeah. trying to get someone to pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> like stomping one foot. Yeah. Um, but he, um, he has been rumored to be dating Amber Heard Amber for Heard almost a year. Magic Mike XXL. XXL fame. Yes. And keeping up with the Joneses, or just called the Joneses. Do you ever see that horrible movie she was in with David Duchovny? No. It's really bad. Yeah. Um, Amber Heard and Elon have been an item for a while now, according to the tabloids. We've never actually yeah. seen photos of them together until this weekend. And it was the most, speaking of dirty, it was... Not that I know much about Amber Heard, but it, it felt like a very Herdian way of, of announcing a relationship <laughs> where she was at some fancy aus- a restaurant in Australia with El- Elon. And she, she had. She can't stay away from Australia. She can't, even though she. I mean, she should be banned from Australia, in right. my opinion. If I were Australia, I'd ban her. Yeah, because she tried to sneak her dogs, <laughs> her dogs in, in when she was married to Johnny Depp. And we've all seen the Simpsons episode. We know how delicate their ecosystem is. These bloody things are everywhere. They're in their left in a lorry in the bone wizard and all over the Malonga Gildachuk. They're like kangaroos. But they're reptiles, they is. We have them in America. They're called bullfrogs. What? That's an old name. Oh, to call them chaswazers. It's a not, bloody drunga. We should not be introducing strange tiny dogs. But she was there filming Aquaman with a uh, friend of Jezebel, Jace Momoa. Yeah, our best, our best friend. friend. <laughs> Just, uh, and he came to visit and brought his five kids. And he has five sons. He has five sons. Did you know that? No. Five. He had six and one of them tried died tragically. Oh. Um, but now he has five. And... With his former wife. So he brings them. He goes to Australia. They go ziplining. There are a couple photos of them ziplining together. She hung out. She's like the cool mom, hangs out with the kids. Right. She has like a Skrillex haircut. Yeah. yeah, she's very cool. I think she's, I think she even has like some like hair chalk or color in her hair. She's cool. Yeah. And then they went out to this fancy restaurant and were photographed together. And they each posted a similar photo on Instagram. And Amber is wearing like a nice evening dress and has like, you know, bold lipstick on. And it took me a while to notice this because her caption was cheeky. Sorry. And I'm rolling my eyes. Alon, Alon, Alon's face is turned because he's clearly doesn't care about her <laughs> at all. He's talking to someone he really gives a shit about. And it's exposing the fact that he has like a Amber Heard lip shaped smooch. smooch on his cheek because she, like she did this dramatic kiss. And there he is. And now they're officially dating and the world knows about it. But 
Elan's version of events was like significantly less dramatic. I guess she was just like, babe, you you posted too. And he was just like, at dinner, at this place. <laughs> he didn't, re- I guess you can see the kiss, the kissy mouth, but it's more like, we're at this place called Moo Moo. It's good. And that's it. Met this nice lady <laughs> sitting next to me. <laughs> this nice lady keeps following me around. I guess I won't tell her to leave. She's friendly enough. Here's how I feel about all this. <laughs> I think Elon Musk is probably not a good person Mm -hmm. because none of those Silicon Valley dudes are good people. No. I do think it's impressive that Amber Heard made the jump from Johnny Depp to Elon Musk. Yeah. Because Johnny Depp, he's almost out of money. He's Mm -hmm. drinking all that money away. It's all on wine. Mm Mm-hmm. Elon Musk. Probably dental surgery, too. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Elon Musk has more money than any of us can ever fathom. Uh Mm-hmm. Is also like building his like underground bunker in New Zealand where he and the other Silicon Valley billionaires are gonna go live when when the world ends. World ends, pandemic, nuclear war, whatever it is. She's latched herself onto that. She's gonna live. She got she got onto the ark. Basically, she is being smart and marrying a Morton Joe, a Morton Joe mm-hmm. from Mad Max, mm-hmm. the villain, before Mad Max times come. Yeah. It reminds me of, of Noah too. Like if some oh, sure. like some lady starts flirting with Noah when it starts raining, and she's like, she's like, I like your hair or something. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? I've never You're gotten so, seasick. <laughs> You're so good at building things. Like that's <laughs> such a cool looking boat. Uh. <laughs> so, and then Noah's wife is like, "Don't back off." <laughs> and he's there's like, only space for my five sons and me. <laughs> yeah. It's it's it is impressive that she has also managed to. I don't know, like, I when I was reading that story this morning, I really wasn't thinking about Johnny Depp. Like, she went through this horrific relationship with Johnny Depp, and she's moved on, like, very aggressively in yeah. a way that's like, I will not be defined by Johnny Depp. I'll be defined by this other rich guy. <laughs> by this guy, who's probably not, uh, a, like, a demon, but he's probably not great. Yes. <laughs> he's definitely soulless. Um, our coworker, Amay, brought up that, she was like, well, Amber really does have a type. And I was like, what do you mean, like haggard? And she said, she was like, no, specifically 40 to 50-year-old men who who used to be sort of cute and then stopped caring. And, it was like, <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, I think that sort of does describe both of them. Yeah. Where they think that they can just, in one way, Johnny is coasting off his former popularity and, like, good looks. Elon is coasting off like I don't really have to try because I'm so rich that like I don't think Elon Musk is coasting on anything. I bet he has a personal trainer who trains him every day. I bet he is like He's gets his blood. like yeah. I bet he his gets blood. like everything tested. Yeah. I bet he like sleeps in an oxygen tank. I don't think he's coasting. I think Elon Musk is like the opposite of coasting. Do you think that she probably if he has an oxygen tank? Do you think he lets her in? Do you think like? No, I don't. Yeah. He's like, you can sleep on, like, the cot next to my oxygen he's tank. Like, he's like, I have one million guest rooms. Pick one. <laughs> this is my my cryo chamber that I sleep in. Uh. So next up, we have some dirty dirt about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 and Parks and Recreation star, Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt once had America's hearts. 
I feel like it was a flash in the pan, too. It was, it was very really quick. fast. He suffered, unfortunately, from like Jennifer Lawrence uh, syndrome, which is that people get really into yeah. you and then the shtick suddenly becomes very old and then everyone is not into yeah. you anymore, mm-hmm. which isn't fair, but that is the way celebrity works. It's not fair. It wasn't, it didn't feel like a, a long term thing where it was like, we've been rooting for him for so long and here he is getting his. It was just like sudden. We all loved him. Yes. And then. We all grew tired of him. He was very sweet and funny mm-hmm. on interviews. Then he started saying some really dumb things in interviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, Such as? Yeah. Recently, he said he didn't see enough representation of people like him on the big screen. And let's uh, let's once again clarify, people like him, he means <laughs> straight white men. Yeah. From like blue collar, with like blue collar backgrounds. That's what he keeps saying is like, yeah, blue collar background. You know, like I'm a blue collar guy. And... He's from, like, eastern Washington, right, which yeah. is, like, pretty blue-collar. Yeah. But he has been acting since his early 20s. Like, he was on Everwood, right? Wasn't he, like—hasn't mm-hmm. he been very Maybe successful seems, for I a long time? He has. He's had money longer than he hasn't, probably. He's had, like—he's had a decent job. Right. For his adult life. Like, if he's blue-collar, I am a, a literal coal miner's daughter. <laughs> Um, so he's not, yeah, he's, he's not, he's not blue collar. At, at least all. not these days. Again, I would believe it for his family, but it's just like hard to think, oh, you know, Chris Pratt really keeps struggling. He's yeah, a real like, like. It's like, I'm a salt of the earth type guy, but it's like most, I feel like so many movies are about just the blue collar man where the, the guy's salt of the earth and, you know, he's trustworthy because he's down home, good old boy, whatever. And even it's, it's one thing to recognize that that character exists in so many movies and has for so many decades but it was even stupider of him to somehow ignore the fact that his career is sort of built on playing that person right he's the one who represents that person right right now whether it's parks and rec or even in guardians of the galaxy he's like oh i'm I'm, I'm I'm a guy. I'm just a dude. And in Passengers, he's like, I'm a mechanic who just happened to save up enough money to get on the spaceship. I'm not like one of those bougie guys who got on here. I'm like, not Elon Musk. <laughs> yeah. He's, he is this guy and he's saying it didn't, he didn't exist basically. Yeah. People called him out on it and he apologized. I do also really like the idea though of when Chris Pratt isn't filming, his life is just Winter's Bone basically <laughs> where he's, you know, getting into scrapes with the local riprap and, and like killing squirrels for to feed his children how long do we have to wait for a squirrel a long time usually wish we can get deer it's not time for deer his life is not bad he just goes home to anna ferris and they like right. stare out at the crucifix you think of, like, anna he erected just, on like, his screaming at him over like smoking a cigarette over a unlit stove <laughs> it's cold all the time their friend's meth lab just exploded and they're furious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're going to get driven out to the... All the time. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to get driven out to a barn where they're just going to get jumped because <laughs> they were asking too many questions. Um, but yeah, he was just... It's just stupid and tone deaf. And it just, like like uh, the headline said, he's, a, he's sort of a ding dong. Can I read the exact quote? Please. Uh, Chris Pratt uh, told Men's Fitness, which again, you're on the cover of Men's Fitness. <laughs> Like, you might as well just be, like, Tractor Monthly. Okay. Tractor Monthly. He says, I don't see personal stories that necessarily resonate with me because they're not my stories. I think there's room for me to tell mine and probably an audience that would be hungry for them. 
the voice of the average blue-collar American isn't necessarily represented in Hollywood. And that's like Trumpism. Right. It's Trump rhetoric. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is bullshit. It No, it absolutely is. And it's also like has a very targeted audience for like who he's trying to appeal mm-hmm. to. It's it's Trumpism in several ways, one of which just saying something that's very obviously untrue and expecting people just to go along with it. Right. Because they want it to be true. Yeah. They're like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, we're being ignored. I think that's the vibe it's, I increasingly get from him is like a very... He's going to be kind of a John Voight type in a couple of years where it's, oh, it's yeah. brave to be a Republican, mm-hmm. you know, or Tim Allen, mm-hmm. how Tim Allen is like being a Republican in Hollywood is like being a Jew in Nazi Germany. And and, and using and just using the language of stories, too, is like, oh, shut up. It's like we don't hear my stories. Right. And it's like but just like co-opting the language that the marginalized groups use where it's like we don't see like a like a trans person might say, I don't see my stories on, on film or like, right. you know, like. Like Blackwell might say, like I don't see my stories on film. There aren't enough of them. But he's like using that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really frustrating. He did at least admit that in a tweet that what he said was very dumb. I find myself wondering. I mean, I guess we're this could possibly veer into just like way too too much speculation. I mean, we're just like talking shit about Chris Pratt, right? But like, I wonder (laughs) how much Anna Faris cares, or if she is just as bad as he is like well what no. does that say about her of course Are they she's just same? as bad how they right? like have like all their like weird shit with their pets oh the pets who keep oh and then she got fined then she let that dog yeah get... so basically they tried to give away a cat on twitter uh-huh. and then later this like emaciated chihuahua right. was found running around some neighborhood when and it was it, there it was taken to a vet the microchip proved that it was theirs mm-hmm. and then she had to pay a fine right i hope so Ugh. Yeah, I don't think that they are the most uh, down-to-earth people or the most level-headed people. No. Which is a bummer because I did love him on Parks and Rec so much. Mm-hmm. And, and his, like, bloopers are always really, really funny. I'll wipe and I'll wipe and I'll wipe and I'll wipe a hundred times. Still poop. Still poop. Let me check that. It's like I'm wiping a marker or something. He keeps pushing this very... um. I'm a good guy stuff and like he's very he's very like openly religious too and I feel like he does that in a way to like be relatable yeah um to people but it just it doesn't come off as sweet or charming and maybe or if it maybe it, it took a tr- somewhere maybe it, took it a did turn. for a little bit and yeah. then it just suddenly it suddenly doesn't but people say stupid stuff when they're promoting big movies so yeah I mean I'm, just, I say stupid stuff all the time and I am a nobody So I found this interesting. We don't have to spend much time on it because it's sort of a kind of a nasty story, and especially because we don't even we don't even know what's going on. It's not the cleanest dirt; it's the dirtiest. It's dirt. It's the dirtiest dirt. So last week, a a woman who everyone just calls her an Instagram model, which we all know in 2017 you can make a living by just having a popular Instagram account. So this woman, her name is Layla Lace. She accused Drake, Aubrey Graham, of Degrassi fame. Of Degrassi fame of getting her pregnant. And she showed all of these screen grabs of text conversations with him that prove that they know each other and that he got her pregnant and that she's going to tell everyone about it so that, you know, she can get, like, child support from him, get some sort of help for this child who is, according to her, his. 
Yes. And then within no time, the shade room had the proof that the, you know, air quotes proof that she was lying. They had DM conversations with someone else who said that, you know, oh, she made it up. She just did it as a play to get money so that more people follow her account, blah, 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 blah. 15 minutes of fame. It'll just make her money. And so Drake has, has said nothing about this. And it was really interesting because it was like she suddenly went private. So did she go private because people were mad at him? Did, like, lawyers get on her? Now it's just gotten to the point where everything she's ever said about Drake is now gone. And TMZ reached out to Drake and said, did you sick your lawyers on her? And he said, I don't even know who she is. And not worth my time. I didn't, basically. I had not worth my time. I didn't, I didn't send my lawyers again after her. It just stopped. I guess she just, it, the heat got too much for her to handle because all the Drake fans were probably calling her a liar on her stuff. And it was probably getting overwhelming. I'm bringing this up. I just think it's interesting that this doesn't happen more often. Like, like it's baby accusations, baby accusations, just any sort of like very like sex, whether it's sex scandals or 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 baby accusations like against celebrities. Well, doesn't Drake have an alleged history of he pays off strippers a lot? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, there's like he has a history too of like uh, I mean, again, this is all rumors, but mm-hmm. of kind of sending his bodyguards to threaten strippers who oh, he slept oh. with out of like talking about it. Mm-hmm. At least that was definitely the rumors for a while. Mm-hmm. Also, I think that Layla is playing it all wrong. Where Explain. So either she's not having Drake's baby and mm-hmm. she just looks like, you know, a climber, mm-hmm. or she is. And if that's the case, wait till that baby's born, get the DNA test, get it on paper. Mm-hmm. Then you ask for child support. They don't want it out, so they're going to give you probably anything you want. Yeah. Then you got money. Smart. I think that's smart. I think that's probably how most people do it. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I guess Carmelo Anthony, right? Isn't he in trouble right now? Oh, yeah, he is. <laughs> Yikes. Um, that seems like it sort of also kind of got nipped in the bud as well. Like there was like big – well, I guess everyone sort of knew he was cheating. The rumor he was a serial is that cheating. Lala Anthony and Carmelo Anthony of he, uh, the New York Knicks, mm-hmm. right? New York Knicks. Um, they are getting divorced and it's allegedly because he knocked up another lady. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it's one of those things that probably does actually happen a lot. But if mm-hmm. you are smart about it, I don't know. If you are the celebrity and you're smart about it, you can probably make things pretty quiet. If you are not the celebrity and you're smart about it, you can also get what you need. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting just thinking about like how how many precautions you have to go through to like hook up with someone if you're a celebrity. Mm-hmm. And so... You could be someone like Drake who has a reputation for, like, having sex with a lot of women and yet have no idea who any of those women are because he made them sign NDAs or whatever. Like, put all their phones in a lockbox before, like, letting them into his hotel room or something. It reminds me of how shocking it was when – remember when Justin Bieber was somewhere? He was in Brazil, I think. In Brazil, and he had sex with some woman, and she, like, took a photo of him in her bed. Yeah, I loved it because it was, like, a Snapchat photo of her leaving. (laughs) And she just was, like – with the peace sign with Justin Bieber passed out behind her. I think I'm just most, I'm mostly just really intrigued when stories like this happen, even if this is all bullshit and she's just making it up. It's funny that we don't hear about this more from like pop stars, like sort of sleazy pop star guys. Like, because it it just suggests to me that they're doing so, how much legwork goes into making sure no one you sleep with says a thing about it publicly. Like, what do you sign away? Yeah. To have sex with Drake, to have sex with Justin Bieber. Like, 
what are the people I don't think I would have sex with for free. <laughs> like there, are, I, I think we've all heard stories without having to go into it. Like if people who've had sex with a famous person had to sign paperwork before yeah. being allowed to do so. Like there's someone whose job it is to hand you a document and be like, before you have sex with my employer, please sign these things yeah. and hand me your phone. <laughs> I mean, it's smart. It's smart. It's smart. It's just, it's unfathomable to me almost. Yeah. Like to know you have to go into all of this. Ugh. Because if not, this would happen more often. I mean, it's it's another reminder that I'm very glad I'm not famous. Yeah. Because I can have sex and blackmail anyone I want. <laughs> So next up, I guess this is probably a quick little item, but it's notable. Sure. This is now, we're now two years after the fact, after Caitlyn Jenner's very highly rated 2020 interview with Diane Sawyer, in which she came out as transgender. Everyone watched it. It was a big deal. Then she was on the cover of Vanity Fair soon after. Wait, Vanity Fair first, right? Vanity Fair first, and then Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah. And then, I mean, and then Diane Sawyer. And now here we are two two years later. On the, uh, you know, the eve of her book that's coming out, she was on another highly publicized episode of 2020. The only difference is no one cares. No one watched it. The ratings were, uh, like, uh, abysmal, actually. Yeah. And I was like, do you care, Madeline? Do you care? I see this two ways. Both, I think, skew positive. Mm-hmm. One, it doesn't feel like a spectacle. Right. You know, it's maybe just like... Trans rights have been have grown so much, at least in visibility in the past couple of years, that now yeah, it's visibility. not people aren't uh tuning in for shock value. It's very normal now. Like mouths agape at like <gasps> Yeah, right. no. Or no one's like, you know, oh, what is she gonna look like? What is yeah. she this? It's uh, you know, I think that's progress. Mm-hmm. The other positive thing is I feel that people figured out that Caitlyn Jenner is an asshole. <laughs> big, a big asshole. Um, a big piece of shit. And that maybe She's not worth listening to because she probably doesn't have that much to say. Yeah. Because she sucks. <laughs> because she sucks. Um, Yeah. I the, don't know. And the clip they released, they released a couple clips in advance and neither of them really made it look like anything that would be appealing to watch. One yeah. of them was that. Where we knew this going into it, but like just to have that reminder that Caitlyn Jenner voted for Donald Trump is enough to be like, oh, right. Yeah. No, thanks. She's very much one of those people who it's sort of, I'm for LGBTQ rights, but Mm -hmm. only the ones that directly benefit me. Right. Everyone Mm -hmm. else, go fuck yourself. Mm -hmm. And that was sort of, that was an interesting thing about, did you ever watch I Am Kate on Um, on I watched it once at the gym. When I Am Kate was good, it was when she was with her other trans friends who had like much different backgrounds, like did not have specifically the financial benefit like privileges that Caitlyn does and did and they were like you are when they would confront her about being like I, like I want to be your friend but you are so out of touch right you do not understand a lot of things and like here I am trying to educate you now I'm worried Caitlyn has every right to be just as conservative as she chooses but many transgender men and women need social programs to survive that was when that show was really interesting but it wasn't like that often right and I kind of wonder like did those people stay in her life? Because it's sort of now the narrative about Caitlyn Jenner is that she's just really kind of lonely and sad and doesn't have a lot of friends. And it might be because 
She's an asshole. Yeah, she's mad at Ellen. For, she's mad she's at like Ellen. mad at Ellen for ruining her public image when it's actually just that she said that she didn't believe in gay marriage on Ellen. Yeah. I'm a traditionalist. I'm, I'm older than most people in the audience, you know. I mean, I kind of like tradition. And, you know, it's always been a man and a woman. So. She's still, and, and like, she's <laughs> still trying to, blame, like, she's not getting over that and saying, well, I shouldn't have gotten so mad at Ellen. That was my bad. I shouldn't have said that. I'm, I'm learning as a person. She was still just like, fuck Ellen. Right. <laughs> So it's just like, it's 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 nice to know that people have maybe that's a quality come to understand that is being able to hate everyone equally. <laughs> yes, yes, to hate people for um, who they are, inside. understandable reasons yeah. for their actual actions. Yeah, not oh, for who that's they beautiful. are. Beautiful. I love I hate that. them for their actions, not for uh, who they are. Yeah, that's great. That's what we should all strive for. That's my utopia. I am, however, going to. Let's say, I don't want to say read, digest, skim her memoir, Mm -hmm. mainly because I'm fascinated to know what she says about Chris. Ooh, yeah. There's there's not much about Caitlyn Jenner that I that I care about at this point, but I'm interested in knowing her relationship with Chris. I'm also interested in knowing her childhood. Yeah. Um, you know, like it's like when when you first realize that you're different, that something's that something that you feel like you you can't fit in, like that's always an interesting story. So the childhood and then Chris Jenner. Because apparently the rumors are that Chris Jenner read it and is very furious about the way she is represented in it. Again, which, I don't I, I have a very hard time believing that anything we learn about Chris Jenner, we're not supposed to learn about Chris Jenner. <laughs> She's actually in our ear right now. She's our producer on the show. I mean, she is running the simulation. So <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> uh, are you gonna uh, read the chapter about uh, the manslaughter that she committed? <laughs> In that oh. car? Oh, my God. Was it? Oh, God. I, you know I completely forgot about the manslaughter? Yeah. Another reason to just not give a shit about Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah. So today in the studio, we are lucky enough to have Michael Lubitus, the co-founder of Gossip Cop, here with us. We have aggregated his blogs for years. <laughs> for years? Um, we love Gossip Cop. Yeah, we do. Um, They're the Johnny Law of the, the celebrity gossip circuit. He did not bring his handcuffs. He doesn't appear to be wearing a, a badge at all. Well, I have them. I'm have just badge? not showing you where the handcuffs <laughs> are. <laughs> you guys good. play your cards right, maybe you'll see them. <laughs> you have a badge number? We, if we ever ask you for a badge number, everything's... Um, so we're going to talk about just like 90210. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gossip Cop has been around for about five years. Now Actually, we're getting close to eight. Close eight. to eight. Okay, All right, so cool. you've been around about as long as Jezebel has. Yeah. And the whole point of Gossip Cop is to get me out of the house. Point out <laughs> to get Michael out <laughs> to, of the house. So that Michael has a job. <laughs> and, and, show when the tabloids the other tabloids that we read all the time and talk about on the on the podcast are incorrect are wrong or to show that they're right yeah there are times um, where it's kind of an embarrassing story mm-hmm. there was one with tom cruise not seeing surrey for a long time mm-hmm. and we said yeah it's true it's i mean true. it's kind of sad but yeah. it's true yeah i mean he's never gonna see that baby but most of the time <laughs> we do debunk the tabloids mm-hmm. yes which they give you a lot to debunk <laughs> you're right well, how many times has Jennifer Aniston been pregnant? 
so many. She has probably <laughs> 25 children by now. And I think uh, <laughs> Jamie Foxx and uh, Katie Holmes have had about six weddings and yeah. 12 yeah. children. <laughs> six weddings all over the world. Actually, yeah. <laughs> Lucky them. Yeah. Every um, girl wants to be a bride everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you believe that one, actually? Do that you think maybe that, that they are dating? Do you think that's actually happening? I really don't. You don't? Really? I don't. You know, what's our evidence? It's this one photo of <laughs> yeah. them Bobby loves to talk working about that on the tracks for an animated film that they're supposedly going to work on. Uh-huh. Sure. And then there's photos of them. There was that. Did you see the most recent one of them at the restaurant where his face isn't even visible? Right. It's, it's just like brutal. a man, a man with Katie Holmes. <laughs> um, that's interesting. I also really love uh, sort of when, when Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie did get divorced there were people saying, oh, my God, the tabloids were right. And it's like, well, they've been reporting it for their entire relationship. <laughs> okay. you know, a broken it, clock. It, yeah. It's like saying that an actress is pregnant three years ago. Right. Yeah, okay, you're right. She's pregnant, but she didn't have a 36-month gestation period. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and I kind of, the one thing that does get under my skin, and the truth is very little does, uh-huh. but once in a while you get one of these really sort of disgruntled people from tabloids calling me up and name calling and say, you see, we told you they were getting divorced. And it's the same situation with Brad and Angelina. And I'm like, yeah, you said that in 2014 Mm -hmm. and you said it was over a co-star or whatever. It clearly wasn't that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could just, like, predict anyone's death and eventually I'll be right. Like, they're dying. And it's like, aren't we all? Well, Perez Hilton (laughs) did that. Yeah, he did that. He did that with Fidel Castro in two thousand and eight, which also does like mind your lane, Perez. Like, <laughs> why are you even Stay going in into? And, and you know, maybe this is a really good segue. But that was one of sort of the reasons I decided to start Gossip Cop. Mm-hmm. I was at Access Hollywood. I was one of the producers, mm-hmm. and one of the problems we had was every day we'd go into the studio at about two thirty. But earlier in the day, stories were dropping out because we were making phone calls. We were asking celebrities if they wanted to comment on things. And they were like, hey, that's not even true. Right. (laughs) So sort of if I had to say watershed moment, it was when Perez said that Fidel Castro was dead in 2008. And he doubled down and even tripled down that day saying the State Department is going to announce it. You know, the other media is wrong. You're going to see I'm right. And sadly, places like NBC News picked it up and said, Perez Hilton is reporting Fidel Castro is dead and there's going to be a press conference. It wasn't until I think the <laughs> Wall Street Journal said, hey, blogger boy, you're wrong. It's not true. And then he, again, like tripled down. The Wall Street Journal is wrong. I will be proven right. So <laughs> nine like, years later or whatever, he gets to brag that he was the first to report that, Perez, sure. that Fidel Castro was dead. But I mean, he's also Tiny the first premature. celebrity blogger to pose in a bathtub with his baby. You right. know, it's like yeah. we all get to brag about something. I mean, I wouldn't trust I'm not Perez the first. It. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry, you were not the first to take that very unsettling photo. <laughs> I don't think I would trust Perez Hilton if he, like, called me to tell me my mail was here or something. Like, that's the least trustworthy person alive, probably. Yeah. You know, we, I can't. we used to joke that he couldn't get a story right if I spotted him the R-I-G-H and even the T. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but he could, like, MS paint a dick in someone's face, which is, yeah. you know. And always, he's very good at copying and pasting. <laughs> Yeah, Very definitely. Mm-hmm. So you were at Access Hollywood before Gossip Cop, and then right. that's kind of how it got started. How long had that, that idea for this kind of website been in your mind? Like, it, w- it wasn't just Press Hilton. Like, when no, did this it, it really start? It was probably about a year. 
I was having lunch with a producer of a TV show one day. Mm. And this was shortly before TMZ was about to launch its TV show. And we at Access Hollywood were concerned. You know, the landscape was already pretty full with extra Inside Edition and Entertainment Tonight. Mm -hmm. What's going to happen now with TMZ? And I I got an email from the executive producer saying, TMZ is reporting Jay-Z's dead, died in a plane crash. (laughs) Oh my God, I I got to check this out. And of course... Well, it wasn't true. Mm-hmm. Right. They had the tail number of his plane, and a plane that he used did go down. Mm-hmm. But Jay-Z was not on it. So the two thoughts that went through my mind were like, one, this isn't true. Two, oh, TMZ's going to be done if they go on air and do these type of stories. Of course, they were a lot smarter when yeah. they launched a yeah. show. You didn't realize they would have like a guy drinking big gulps all the time. <laughs> <laughs> what an appeal that is to the viewing public. <laughs> How many bathroom breaks do you think they do during the taping oh, of that I show? Mean, I don't that even big think gulp about is, it. is, I mean, we know. It's several bladders of a big gulp, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, it's awful. I don't know, as he's talking about <laughs> Chris so, and Cavalieri on the beach. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a lot of those kind of stories where mm-hmm. I was saying, and I actually brought it to NBC. Um, they'd asked me, I just produced a special with um, Britney Spears, and they said, do you have any other ideas? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I have this idea. I, I think it's called Gossip Cop. This is my thoughts about it. We should debunk all these stories because we're spending our days anyway chasing down these stories. Why don't we do a site? And we did launch it on uh, Access Hollywood's website. And then eventually I said to them, I'd really like to go off on my own and do it. And they said, you know, we'll miss you, but good luck. Mm. When you say you worked on a special with Britney Spears, Uh, did you collaborate with her? Okay, so um, to date, I think this may be her last big interview she did, Hmm. the infamous one with Dateline in which she was chewing gum Mm -hmm. and talking to Matt Lauer and then broke down in tears as I keep going, keep rolling, keep rolling, keep rolling. You have to realize that we're people and that we we just need privacy and we need our respect. And and those are things that you have to have as a human. Yeah. And she asked me beforehand, she said, do you mind if I chew gum? I said, listen, I'm not your publicist. I'm just the producer here. I wouldn't suggest it. Doesn't look good on TV, but I'm not here to change what you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was 2007, it, probably around. Yeah, yeah, yeah probably around then. Yeah, I don't think she's done a big sit down since. No, I don't think uh, Jamie will allow it. Her, her father wouldn't let that happen. At this yeah, point. <laughs> it really kind of came about very quickly. I mean, I had been trying to get her mm-hmm. to do an interview, and then there were all these very negative stories about her being a bad mom because she was driving with the car without a seatbelt with mm-hmm. her kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, one story was completely unfair where she almost slipped while holding a child. They were like, oh, look how negligent. It's like, that happens s- to everybody. Right. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So at a certain point, she said, yeah, I, I'd like to, to talk and do this. And I'd like prime time. And I said, you got it, which I didn't have the authority to grant. And then- <laughs> Make uh, it till you make it. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, she said, I said, well, we could probably do this, uh, you know, during Dateline. That's prime time. Good, good. And I said, well, I'll call Stone Phillips. No, I want Matt Lauer. I said, you got it. She wanted Matt Lauer. She requested Matt Lauer? Yeah, she wanted (laughs) Matt Lauer. And uh, I hung up the phone and I went, oh, boy, I just promised (laughs) an hour of network television. (laughs) Now I better make some phone calls to (laughs) some of the bosses I answer to. (laughs) How did that that go? Were people excited to have her? They were. One of the funny sort of anecdotes from that was... The producer of Dateline was like, yeah, we could do this. We'll give her 40 minutes, and then we'll do 20 minutes on something else. I'm like, 
Why not the hour? I, don't, I really, to this day, don't understand why they were going to carve it up, but right. it ended up being a really good television. There were a lot mm-hmm. of things she said she didn't want to talk about, and she ended up talking about a lot of access she didn't want to give like to the property, and she was like, yeah, you know. It seems like that happens a lot where I know in that GQ profile of Justin Bieber, he said a lot of things on record that he wasn't supposed to say. Right. And then they really tried to backtrack. You know, yeah. it's like, he's not on Adderall. He's not on these things. <laughs> but he had told a reporter while she was reporting that Matt, he was. Matt Lauer made her very comfortable, it sounds yeah. like. It really wasn't a bad interview from her standpoint. It sure. Was, you, you know, you could see she was really in pain at the time. And mm-hmm. Right. I remember Kevin Federline was there sort of hanging out. Oh, I wow. forgot about Kevin Federline. Right. How did I forget so about Kevin? So they had, and I'm not a car guy, mm-hmm. but they had like a... Ferrari or a Lamborghini or something like that in the driveway. And I'm talking to him as we're sort of breaking down the set. And he's got his keys. And he's just kind of like tapping the top of the car. And again, I'm not a car guy. It's not my car. I don't care. Right. But I kept thinking to myself, You're still oh, like she's, just, she's not going to buy you another one. Just stop, stop, stop. Don't <laughs> right. do that anymore, buddy. Yeah. You're at the end of your rope. Like, <laughs> don't try to take anything more. I mean, and I will say one thing Brittany's proven now is that she's a very good mother. She yeah. seems very— Absolutely. She, she just It kind of seems like that's all she wants all to do. All she cares about her and those <laughs> kids. Um, so once Gossip Cops got started, can you remember the first big story that you kind of reported on, that you pounced on as either being, like, very inaccurate or very accurate? I can't remember sort of the first big one, but I do remember only because of the timing of it. Mm-hmm. So it was our one-year anniversary. And everyone was trying to figure out who the new judges of American Idol were. And it just, you know, I've been doing this for 25 years. I know I look so youthful, but. <laughs> you do. Um, yeah, I was like, who's this infant walking so, into my studio? <laughs> <laughs> so um, two people who were completely not on anyone's radar were Jennifer Lopez and Steven Tyler. Mm-hmm. And this person, like, would know. Mm-hmm. And it was like the one-year anniversary, and we had just written like, oh, you know, we've been in business for one year. Thank you, everyone, for coming. Keep coming back. You know, you're wonderful. Tell your friends. Oh, and by the way, Jennifer Lopez and Steven Tyler are the new uh, judges on American Idol. Yeah, postscript. Wow. (laughs) It was just everyone picked it up. One outlet I won't mention who sort of ripped it off and claimed it as her own like three hours later. Her own. Mm, I feel like— I think we know who you're talking no. about, but okay. <laughs> we'll get into that later. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a question for a, a later minute. <laughs> um, could you describe your relationship with publicists and celebrities? Do they usually come to you? Do you usually go to them? They almost never come to us. Okay. And we go to them sort of as protocol. Mm-hmm. We're first calling. If, if, if they say an incident took place in a restaurant, that's the first call. Because if you call the publicist first, they're going to shut it down. Right. 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 So you go on to kind of make them later in the game so you can get the full accurate story. Yeah. You know, so as protocol and for obviously legal reasons, you want to make sure you get every side. So we call them at the end. And I think there's this like weird misconception, certainly by the places that we debunk. They just feel like, oh, we just call a publicist and it's over. Mm -hmm. And like that is completely untrue. Okay. Like completely untrue. If the publicists had their way, we wouldn't be writing probably yeah. 90% of these stories. Mm-hmm. They'd want it to just sort of disappear. Right. Which it obviously doesn't on the internet. Sure. <laughs> but 
they're hoping that that would be the case. So it would be call the restaurant first. Call the restaurant there. Call uh, the manager of a set for yeah. a movie. Call mm-hmm. the co-star. I, you know, again, I've been around for a while, so maybe call a co-star. Call the co-star's manager. Mm-hmm. Call everyone involved in the production and find out as much as you can. Then you reach out to the reps. Interesting. And that's when and that's when you say, hey, we've got X, Y, and Z. Right. Oh, I don't want the story. Yeah, I know you don't want the story, but I've got X, Y, and Z. True or not true. Yeah. There's also a weird social contract that we have with the publicist, which is lie to us and you're dead to us. And we have the same thing with celebrities. There have been, there was one <laughs> I can think of celebrity right when we started who lied to us and we put her in the penalty box for a long time. Wow. You know, and my, and my view was let them write whatever they're going to write. I don't care if it's the biggest lie in the world, not helping you. Sure. Hmm. Interesting. Have you made anybody particularly angry at you? Uh, other than my immediate family? Yeah, other than... <laughs> other than them, yeah. Other than the people who know and ideally love you. No, I think it's just sort of the outlets that we correct. Sure, mm-hmm. so it's more... I can't imagine yeah. that, you know... I always joke, like, oh, we're not going to get invited to the Radar Christmas party this year. <laughs> oh, <laughs> dang, We're oh, such nice people. <laughs> It just seems like some of the some of the things that the the certain websites, certain publications make up are so egregious, the lies. Right. And so do you think a lot of them really don't even mind your existence? Because they're just gonna keep doing it anyway. Like some publication just gonna keep on lying. Um, is that yeah. sort of uh something you get from some of them? I you know, I wish we were a deterrent. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are definitely some websites out there where clearly there's a news story. And then they skin the cat nine different ways. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's Chloe Kardashian's dating Tristan Thompson, suddenly they know he's the best sex she's ever had. <laughs> like they're hanging out under the mattress, like, mm-hmm. oh, that sounds like the best sex she's ever had. Yeah, we've been here for a long time. <laughs> um, we can tell you. Lamar, eh, <laughs> this guy, much better. Um, or, you know, the classic example for me was with uh, recently with Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. Okay, so they announced they're divorcing. Mm-hmm. And suddenly one particular website, you know, starts skinning the cat. And among the stories is Brad has been crashing at George Clooney's house. Right. And George is giving him advice. You need to oh, work this out. <laughs> and do you remember the ending on this one? So George is at the United Nations mm-hmm. for some event. Oh, right. And CNN asks him, he like, know. you know, what are your thoughts about them splitting up? And he goes, like, whoa, I, I don't really know about He's that. like, I got to go mm-hmm. make a phone call. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, there are some of these things where you're like, okay. Or sure, that's it's not a big just a classic uh, Clooney prank. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, and, and going back to, to Pitt again, it's like this past weekend, Coachella ended, right? right. Another, not that this is a giant story, but another website was like, hmm, Coachella. That's a news story. Let's say Brad Pitt is going to bring his kids to Coachella. Mm-hmm. He didn't bring his kids. We, you know, we said it. I'm not going to pat myself on the bat. Mm-hmm. This isn't the biggest thing in the world. But what they do is they take a news story or a trending topic or someone people are talking about, and they just spin a story around it. And they also know that there are certain celebrities whose reps either don't comment or who don't sue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, you know. Like all these 
Chris Brown, and I don't want to give ideas to sites, but, you know, Chris Brown doesn't tend to comment on mm -hmm. fake stories about him. The part that I find sort of really offensive about it is some of these websites will then do a Chris Brown story, and then they'll make up these fake quotes. And, you know, I've seen a lot of fake quotes, but these quotes sound like an episode of Amos and Andy. They're like that offensive. Right. Where they're trying to mimic an African-American in a sort of insanely stereotypical and offensive way. Sure. And it's mm -hmm. like, you don't have a source who talks this way. And you wonder His friends who, probably yeah. don't talk this yeah, way. Right. And there's certainly, you know, once in a while, I'll look at a LinkedIn maybe. There's certainly <laughs> not talking to a person whose prior experience was working at a jewelry store in Florida before right. they got this internship. <laughs> I was going to say, like, what's sad, like, aspiring screenwriter is like, ah, and then he says this. <laughs> clickety, clickety, clickety. Uh, how many people do you have? It seems like there's so much fact-checking to be done, and it's not right. just calling a publicist. It's calling the, calling the manager, calling the co-star. How many people do you have on your staff right now? So we have four full-time mm -hmm. and an intern, mm -hmm. and they're completely overworked, to be honest. <laughs> they really are. Is and, it, and hopefully we'll grow. But, you know, I need to grow it in a sensible way. Mm -hmm. Sure. And are they, do they have like a lot of autonomy when it comes to just like finding the stories that people are talking about, like, and, and, and seeing what they can verify? They do. Mm -hmm. They do. And if they need backup, there's me and my deputy who's been working at this for a long time as well. Sure. Yeah. So we recently had on Scientology reporter Tony Ortega, and he's the one who broke the story about Danny Masterson of that 70s show and the rape allegations that surround him, um, which I know you guys reported on. And it turns out the publicist was implicated in the lawsuit. Did that have any repercussions? So far, no. <laughs> <laughs> Are they in the penalty box, I guess, is what I'm wondering. You know, I like to let things play out mm -hmm. and we'll come back to it. You know, we don't just ignore it. Right. So if when everything does come out, we'll come back and say, hey, this is what we were told. This is true. This part is not true. Yeah. And then I think what sometimes makes a story more interesting, and, and I try to stress this to the staff, is let's try to tell a little more about the secret sauce, what went into how we got to this point. Mm -hmm. So, you know, allegations were made. This was said. But when the dust settled, mm -hmm. this is what happened. This is what happened. We were wrong or we were right or a combination of the two. Sure, yeah. So you're just going to report it Absolutely. as it comes in. And Absolutely. I'd rather be a little later and write than try to, like, get that search traffic that everyone's going after. Mm -hmm. Sure. I noticed uh, on a lot of your on a lot of your posts, you provide a lot of context at the end, not just for the story, but about the publication that got right. it wrong, right. where you'll say, here are all the times that they got it wrong in the past. Is that... I'm just interested in knowing, like, do you do you have some sort of formal log of all the times, you know, Hollywood Life got it wrong, In Touch got it wrong? Because sometimes those are so substantial that it's like, this is impressive that I can see every time that In Touch got this story incorrect in the past few months. Okay, well, I'm, I'm going to reveal a very big secret here. Oh, great. We've got a search box on the site. Mm-hmm. And we put in the keywords. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And then we look and we go, oh, that one is applicable and that one Insider is applicable. But I tend to like the ones that have the covers because that's sort of the more egregious yeah. story. Like, you know, Kanye dumps Kim after 68 days. And it's like, uh, we're at 
550 days or whatever <laughs> at this point. Also, Kanye dumping Kim would be the dumbest thing he could it ever would be do. Really stupid. So, <laughs> so what what publications do you, off the top of your head, would you say get it wrong the most often? You know, we do a year-end roundup, mm-hmm. uh, which we have one person on staff who, like, she really logs every story. <laughs> oh, my God. And uh, I think this past year it was the National Enquirer. Okay. But it's been the Enquirer and Radar Online yeah. mostly the last few years. And they're both owned by American, American media, yeah. right? The so. soon-to-be proud owners of Us Weekly. Of Us Weekly. Yes. Do you see, do you see Us sort of evolving now that it has new owners? Can you see it changing? I hope not. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest. Yeah. You know, I have a special tie. I was the news director of Us Weekly. And I was there when the magazine was not doing well mm-hmm. and was there when we turned it around. When I was there uh, 16 years ago, it was really this like poor man substitute for People magazine. Right. We didn't put anyone over on the cover who was over, who was under 35. <laughs> Sort of the unwritten rule was, uh, you know, you did Meg Ryan this week. You better do Warren Beatty next week. <laughs> right. And it was one of those things where, like, I came in and a few other people came in. And it just happened to be that Brittany and Justin broke up and mm-hmm. we reported something that never would have been on the cover of Us Weekly, which is hard to believe. Right. Mm-hmm. But, like, 16, 17 years ago, that never would have been on the cover. Mm-hmm. And we did that and it did really well. And then... We did another Meg Ryan cover, and it did less well. <laughs> and then there were some interesting twists and turns to the Britney and Justin story. One, that he started dating Jenna Dewan. Right. Oh, right. Uh, then he did the Crimea River, which one of our staffers, like, completely deconstructed frame by frame. Like right. It's like the Zabruder film or oh, something. She, <laughs> she, she, what she did was brilliant. And then we saw that people kind of like this soap opera. Right. Mm-hmm. And then there were others. And then there were other features that it's so funny because they're now part of the popular culture, but their origins were like shocking. So the Stars Are Like Us was simply because we couldn't afford to buy the good pictures. <laughs> Honestly, People Magazine was buying all the glamorous <laughs> shots. So the paparazzi were saying, we got this shot of Ben Affleck taking out the trash. You want it? And we're like, how much? 20 bucks? Yeah, we'll take that. How about... Uh, <laughs> Buying groceries. Right. How about uh, Cameron Diaz uh, pumping gas? 20 bucks? Eh, that one's 25. Can you do it for 20? Yep, wow. we'll buy that. <laughs> and it literally, that is the genesis of stars are just like us because they were spending tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars on photos. Wow. Wow. That is, uh, that's so, really blowing my mind. So the, so the circuitous <laughs> answer is I have a real vested interest in sure. hoping that Us Weekly continues mm-hmm. the way, you know, we'll see. Mm-hmm. I hope Definitely. it does. Are there other sources that you have a little more trust in, in addition to Us Weekly, like places that you can, there, you can trust their reporting a little more? Sure. Know? I mean, People Magazine People. has historically been very accurate. Mm-hmm. Uh, TMZ, it mm-hmm. may be embarrassing. Yeah. But it's historically accurate. Although mm-hmm. when they get something wrong, it's like there's no gray zone. Right. Know? Like they're completely wrong or 90%, 95% of the time completely right. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're so good at being right. Otherwise, they would be completely sued out of existence. Like they've managed to continue because no one wants to sue because that's going to bring more attention to the fact that their reporting is accurate. Well, that's, mm-hmm. a, you know, that's the funny part of this business that celebrities don't want to sue and – the way that the law is is set out makes it very difficult for celebrities to sue. Yeah. You have to prove malice. That's really right. hard. 
And people who are famous, in a sense, libel and defamation, they lose a lot of their rights being a public figure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, and then the other thing is, and someone, celebrity actually told me this. I said, well, you got to sue on this one. And they told me something I never thought of. They said, if I sue and I would win, the problem is I'd have to do a deposition and they're going to ask me 1,500 questions about what I eat for breakfast, like an ex-girlfriend and whatever. And then they're going to have 1,500 stories on me. Yeah, we've definitely heard that before and that it's like one of those things where it's like, oh, they can ask me anything. I want to I want to get into one of one of I think Madeline and my favorite things about Gossip Cop is this really entertaining rivalry not even rivalry like hatred hmm. seemingly hmm. it's a, it's a, it's a seeming hatred of Hollywood oh, I life I don't know where you're going <laughs> of Hollywood life and it's and it's so it's so fun because Hollywood life is so incorrect all the time Prove, you know, it's here's the thing about gossip. Man, I'm sorry to, uh-huh. to interrupt you. Oh, no. But here's the thing about gossip and these type of stories. Time, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Time will prove whether something is true or not. And time has not been their friend, like right. almost right. ever on the stories that they call exclusive. Mm-hmm. There was um, a period of time when I was writing this gossip roundup where I started just writing about Gossip Cop's relationship with Hollywood life as its own entity because it was more entertaining to me than... Just the boring uh, celebrity stories that I was getting all the time. It's so satisfying to see them called out uh, on what seems like a daily basis. Like, do you think there is a place for publications that are so frequently wrong in this current climate? Like, do you think they're long for this world? You know, it's working. Mm -hmm. And I hate admitting that. And I hate saying it publicly like this. But they seem to be duping search engines. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when you dupe the search engines. You win. You're winning. You know, you can build a business, Mm -hmm. a real business on falsehoods. Mm -hmm. Sure. And, you know, sometimes I read their comment section and it cuts both ways. Once in a while, people write, this is complete BS. Everyone knows it's BS. Stop lying about the person. Right. And then you have this other group and maybe, maybe it's their own staffers doing this. Who knows? Or maybe it's really naive people going like... Oh no, Angelina, do not go back to Brad. It's like, uh, I'm not going back to Brad. <laughs> the commenter's name is like Shmani Schmoller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, they're seemingly taking news stories mm-hmm. and just, you know, throwing some non litigious facts around it. Sure. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, like I know the story is not true, but I can't, I can't go to the celebrity. Or their friends and say, can you ask your celebrity friend or or can I ask you, was this the best sex you ever had? Yes. <laughs> if not, can you tell me who it was? <laughs> like, you know, so they have found this sort of safe zone where, you know, story could be true. Mm-hmm. We're not going to get sued. No one's getting hurt. No one's going to debunk it. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not but it's also really just not true. Yeah. Right. There's a million a day. They're not even going to care about this one. You know, there was a one um, today that we debunked and probably I think we could have handled a little better. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a story about Selena Gomez was at a Wizards of Waverly Place co-star's wedding. Right. Mm-hmm. And she thought, this is what I want. This is the type of love I want. <laughs> This is the relationship. Like, and, and the quotes are all, and she kept thinking to herself, and I'm like, 
wow, who is the source? The cerebellum? Right. Also, that's <laughs> just mean, like, that's just fan fiction. It's completely. Fan fiction. Like, how do you know what's in this person's head? It's it's funny to 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 know that that the sweet spot that they're always going for is people who aren't litigious and celebr- I mean, I guess it's just celebrities who I, I aren't going to sue. I wouldn't say that's a fast and hard rule, but mm-hmm. like you know, the stories aren't that the person was drunk yeah. or something that's terribly damaging. It's just kind of stupid half mm-hmm. the time. Right. What about a smarter celebrity blogger like you know? Elaine Liu or someone yeah. who spends a lot of time kind of trying to connect the dots. Do you feel like they at least are kind of counterbalancing? I mean, are your blog counterbalancing no, I, these? You know, I, I like her site. Yeah. You know, I think she really delves into like, hey, this person was in Toronto. And, yeah. you know, this person who's rumored to be dating them was also in Toronto mm-hmm. but doesn't have a movie. She's really sort of looking at all the facts. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily what we do, but at least – you know, she's thinking about it right. and trying to connect the dots. It's not like, here's where I want to go. Let's draw a line. All right. I, I do want to know, though, on a scale of one to ten, mm-hmm. how much do you hate the Hollywood <laughs> life? <laughs> I don't hate them. I really don't. I'm just, like, annoyed by the after effect of it mm-hmm. that, like, you can make up a story and get rewarded for it. Sure. Yeah. It's not that I really hate them. I, you know, I just kind of figure like, hey, if you work that Hollywood life, don't lose your job because chances are not a lot of legit places are going to look at your stories and go, oh, I need to hire you. Oh, wait, all those stories were not true. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. You know, some of them do side pony stories, which are fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I never heard the phrase side pony until... Uh, I don't even know what side pony means. Oh, I means. guess it's like a ponytail on, on the side of your Oh, side pony side story, pony. like a yeah. fashion yeah. Uh, story. Yeah. I was like, what's a side right. pony? <laughs> thinking it was some weird, you know... He's got a pony like a on the side. He's got a pony on the side. Don't tell anyone. Yeah, right. It's like about <laughs> Justin Bieber's mini horses or something. Um, you know, it's just sort of very frustrating sure. when you're looking on searches and you see just the Hindustan Times, India.com and HollywoodLife.com telling you about a celebrity who just got married, Mm -hmm. who did not get married. Right. Right. And you're like, you hear Google saying they want to get rid of the fake news, but like, you got to do something about it. It feels silly to compare it to fake political news or fake news that is, you know, of greater consequence. But, like, all of these things are sort of interconnected, and that's why, I mean, it's it, it seems silly to compare it to fake news and call fake news, but when people get used to seeing this and believing this, they'll believe other things, too. And it is, I mean, it's, it's, it's strange. And, and it goes to this, and again, I agree with you, you know, fake political news has far greater consequences. Mm-hmm. But you also have to remember sort of the environment we're living in. If I were to ask someone on the street, what are the three Kardashian sisters' names— they would know it. Right. But if I said, name three cabinet members, they'd be like, uh. <laughs> right. So it's just part of our our culture right we now. Love go- I mean, people so, love gossip. You know, I, I get it. It's about celebrities. But the same thing could be said about sports. Right. But if yeah. someone said that the Yankees lost to the Red Sox when they won, they would be burning that sports writer in effigy. Right. Like, so it, it really... From a baseline, it doesn't matter what's wrong. We should all care about not being fed stories that are untrue. Right. Although some have greater consequences. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So to be clear, I'm going to go full Selena Gomez and project into your thoughts (laughs) that you hate them 
to the level of eight. <laughs> I, I don't have to confirm. I would have guessed maybe a 7.5. I would have read his thoughts and then report on that. Yeah. Well, I, the, the meter doesn't do a 0.5, so. <laughs> <laughs> you don't use the middle numbers very often. It's usually we a one, a zero what? or a 10. I know, and we should. Mm-hmm. I think that's a legitimate, actually, criticism. Mm-hmm. There's some things which are definitely true and some things which are definitely not true. But I think we should do a few more twos and threes and say, yes, this person was at that club. Right. Mm-hmm. So you're going to get a few points for seeing paparazzi photos yeah. and saying they were at a club. But you're not going to get the full zero because they were there. And you're yeah. not going to get the full 10 for just saying that they were where they were supposed to be. Sure. Yeah. It's just like that person was breathing. <laughs> yes, that's true. Um, well, thank you so yeah, much. A lot. It My was, pleasure. Again, we've been following you for years, so it's really exciting to have you in the studio. Always, always, always nice to get some some insights from the people who we write about so frequently. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to Dirtcast, and thank you to Michael Lewitz for being on our show. Dirtcast is produced by Levi Sharp with editorial oversight by Kate Drees. Mondana Mofidi is our executive director of audio. Our theme music is by Stuart Wood, and this episode was mixed by Brad Fisher. Want to send us a tip or just let us know what you think? Hit us up at dirtcast at jezebel.com. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. <laughs>